What is up, friends? Thank you for checking out another episode. This one is with Ross Ryan, who is a musician and artist who releases music under a few different names. For his solo project, he goes by Stay Loose, where he puts out a fusion of like indie and electronic music. And he's also a part of the indie electronic duo named Lucy Daydream. And he recently started an alternative group named Zombie Americana. They make music in kind of the vein of like 21 Pilots-ish and other contemporary rock. It's really cool. All of them. (laughs) All of his projects. He's very good at blending styles and tends to fuse genres with him wherever he goes. So I highly suggest checking out all of the links and streaming platform profiles that I've linked to in the show description. Ross has seen many facets of the music industry. He has signed to a major record label in the past. He's toured across the country. He's really gotten a perspective on the scene that many people and aspiring artists dream of getting. And in this conversation, as with most of my episodes, we get nice and personal. He gets vulnerable and he shares that perspective that he's gotten along with the life lessons he's learned along the way. Please keep in mind this episode was recorded a while ago, so some of the things regarding his upcoming releases and whatnot might be kind of dated. But nonetheless, again, I encourage you to go check everything out on the streaming platforms that I've linked to in the show notes. This was a really fun conversation, and we hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Thanks for checking it out, and we hope you enjoy. I am here live on Skype with Ross Ryan, a.k.a. Stay Loose, um, a.k.a. Lucy Daydream, and a.k.a. maybe a couple other aliases that he'll fill us in on. But uh, first, I just wanted to say thanks for stopping by and and jumping on this with us, Ross. How are you doing? Yeah, great, man. It's good to, it's good to be here and talk. And uh Good to talk to you again because it's been a long time. It has been a long time. It's been a it's been a pleasure watching uh, watching your journey in the music industry. Yeah, you you know you were like you were like one of the first people that was like putting my stuff on back in like EDM.com days. Um, you know, because like you were running the mid tempo channel, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah, yeah, it was mid tempo, and I actually I remember the first EP that you sent uh, home, right? And it was like. It was kind of like funky, new disco, like almost like retro sounding, you know? New disco, retro-y type stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and then I quickly had another EP called The City, which was like, came out like a month later, Um, which was like more on that, like it was like still retro, but it was like on the like future bass side of it. Yeah, definitely. And so... As you were saying uh, before we started recording that, like, you know, the the sound of Future Bass and the style kind of like inspired 
your sound, but it wasn't a a deliberate thing. You know, you weren't like, oh, this future bass thing is cool. Like, I'm going to try it out. It was kind of just like what was coming together in the electronic scene at that yeah. time, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting it, it was an interesting era because like the future bass that wasn't even a term. People didn't people called it like love trap and like all purple music and all this other all this other shit because they just didn't like they didn't know what to call it it was like genreless and uh honestly like <clears throat> my inspiration for those sounds was coming from like o- older stuff like uh you know like rusty's glass swords in 2011 and hudmo's uh like 2009 uh album it was like all these older sounds that kind of had these bright synths and like these kind of hip-hop trappy drums and um you know, I, I'm I'm like a retro guy. I'm like an '80s guy. Like I can write like '80s music, like no problem. So I kind of took those elements of like the idea of those kind of hip hoppy, trappy drum sounds and bright synths, and applied it to like kind of new wave retro music. And then that's kind of where that first EPMI in the city that really got any recognition kind of came together. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, like, what was your relationship like with music like when you were younger and kind of how did it evolve as you got older you know like where where were you pulling these this inspiration from from 80s bands and 80s sounds and styles yeah i mean i think everybody's i think every person that is like you know people like what are your influences and people like let me name the 10 artists i'm into right now it's like everybody ignores like everything that they heard growing up so like the stuff your parents listen to, like my parents listen to like 80s music, you know, it's like I was born in the 80s, like, you know, and like I grew up in the late 80s and early 90s. So, you know, there's a lot of like new wave and, you know, synth pop and all that stuff was kind of like, you know, that stuff like gets inside of my head and it lives in my subconscious. And it's like, so I have kind of a like, that's kind of this natural affinity for those sounds. And, you know, they, they sort of like, you know, I played in rock bands and metal bands and stuff, whatever, growing up and whatever was cool at the time. And, um, you know, but those sounds that I'd heard as a kid, like they sort of like were sitting in my subconscious and they later, you know, showed themselves. And I found out later I was like, you know, vastly interested in, in exploring that, that avenue just in like a new way. Yeah, completely. I, I think that's, that's such a interesting point that you make that like, you know, people, when they're talking about their inspiration, they always think in in modern, uh, you know, present times who they're inspired by. But they could be pulling inspiration and the driver for their sound from you know things that they listened to back when they were growing up. And like you said, they just kind of soak into your subconscious, and until you kind of like dig in there and see what's been what's been hiding around, uh, you you might not even know that these things are kind of driving your style. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a child growing up, your brain's a sponge and everything. You're so impressionable and all those things that you hear and see and do and are told and how you're treated, like it has such an impact on where you are later in life. You know, it obviously makes sense that the music that you were exposed to at an early age would have a large impact on you as a, artist and as in in your musical taste later on so yeah definitely uh do you recall any specific instances or experiences that kind of uh sparked that light bulb of you know you going i want to pursue being an artist or a musician 
um i was always like i, I got into music at, like an early age like I, I was five years old and like begging my dad to buy me michael jackson thriller <laughs> on cassette. <laughs> Like, so I, I got into like, you know, when I was like, had Def Leppard tapes and Metallica tapes and all that stuff by the time I was like nine years old, probably. And, um, so I kind of got into it like really early on. My other friends, like they were like, you listen to music. What? That's weird. That's for like old people to listen to music. And they, and I was like way into it. And so I, I always wanted to do like a music my whole life since I was like a kid. Um, I didn't really start pursuing it actively. Um, in any type of serious level until I got out of high school and I didn't even start producing music until I was like, she's man, like 25 or something, 26. I, you know, I played in bands up till then until I realized like, Hey, I should just, I should try to produce just do my own thing. Yeah. That's it. That's. And so did you kind of follow it blindly in as like a, you know, this is my passion. I'm just going to pursue my passion and what gives me excitement and then kind of realize like, oh, I could, I could make a, a, you know, an actual career out of this or was it, uh, was it a different <laughs> thinking around it? No, nah, man, it, it, it wasn't until I gave up that anything worked out. So it's like you know, my, <laughs> whole, my, my, my whole life, I like, I was in college and shit and I was like playing guitar with the, you know, the band and stuff. And I like dropped out of college. I was like, yeah, screw this. We're going to like, we're going to like dominate the world like this, like, you know, it's metal band. Like we're going to dominate the world. I'm going to play guitar and I don't need to go to college. Just like, you know, and that band broke up and then four other bands that I was in broke up and none of that stuff had worked out. And, you know, I started pursuing to, to, to produce my own music and I was making this really like aggro crappy dubstep under the Southern name and, uh, making all this stay loose stuff on the side, which was just stuff that I was mat naturally making that didn't fit in. And it wasn't till I was like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Maybe it's time to like, you know, like it's time to like try to something. If, if this doesn't work out in like the next six months, I think I'm going to like try something else. And like, yeah. I think I need to get serious about, you know, building a life and something that, you know, so I'm not end up being like some, you know, guy broke on the street when I'm, you know, in my fifties. So, um, and it wasn't until I, I made that decision and I think it took like literally took about two months <laughs> after that decision. So that's nuts. Of course, mm. of course, failure, failure points you in the direction, right? Failure point me in the direction, but it also helped me. Like I was like, you know, I'm going to start putting up this other stuff I'm making and I'm just going to put up on the internet and stop worrying so much about it and just and just put it out and see what happens. And it was when I got that mentality to where I was like, I'm just going to put out this stuff, even if I'm unconfident in the way it sounds, because, um, you know, future bass was a thing yet. Like I couldn't sit there and compare my song to someone else's cause it didn't sound, there wasn't stuff that sounded like that on the internet. So I just thought it was all crap that I was making. Like this is nobody's going to listen. This is garbage. Like it doesn't sound like anything else. And, but I knew I liked it. So I just started putting it on the internet and, um, it took a little bit of time, but you know, when I put up this Doja Cat remix is when like, I finally saw like, wow, people actually are really into this. So, I forgot about that Doja Cat remix. That's I, the I, one. I remember it now that you mention it. <laughs> that's the one, dude. I made that thing in about three hours. I thought it was the biggest piece of shit I'd ever made in my life. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever made, but I was forcing myself to finish stuff and put it out, put it on the internet. It's funny. I was just telling this story to, to my girlfriend the other day. I put it on the internet and like, I think it took about three weeks and then like some blogs started posting it. And then like, um, kids were tagging me in videos of bass nectar playing that song out at like electric forest and stuff. 
<clears throat> and I was like, what? <laughs> this is insane. Yeah, that's that, that that's a it, there's so much depth in that like in that in that lesson right there for people, you know, and I've seen you I've seen you say like you know, release the music that you're scared to release. Like that's the, that's the stuff that makes impact and, and it's so honest. And so like, do you feel like that was kind of the mixture of what allowed that, uh, that Doja Cat remix to get more attention than you assumed it would? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, you know, and it's a weird thing. I wish I practiced more a lot what I preach because it, it, you know, given now, I'm, I mean, I'm probably sitting on some, oh, I am sitting on a bunch of stuff I'm scared, is scared to put out as that Doja Cat remix, but I'm less likely to do it now because I know that people watch what I do or listen to my stuff or whatever. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back in that head, that mindset of like, oh, much more careful about what I release where, you know, back then it was like, nobody's listening anyway. So who, who gave a shit? I just put out whatever I wanted. <laughs> right. Right. It's almost like as soon as you stop caring about the thing that you want so much, then the thing that you want to happen happens. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it the other day and I was going through some producers. I was like, whatever happened to that producer? And I went to their, I'm not going to name any names, I went to their Twitter and they were like, and posted like two years ago, like this project's done. I've been massively depressed. And like, you know, like what was a great creative outlet just became, you know, this thing of me drinking a lot because I hated myself. And, and I just started thinking, I was like, man, this guy was so good. Was, music was so good. And I was like, it's crazy that people, as soon as any type of success gets involved at all, and there's like the pressure of people listening and you know how the industry is all this external pressures come in and all this bullshit and then you read all the comments you listen to all the stuff and it's like that is such a negative effect on so many creative minds like the, it's such an it's such a balance to try to just to, to just shut that off when it's time to create and and just trust yourself and just put out the stuff that you believe in because you have all this all this all this shit in your ear all the time like that's not the right move that's not what you should be doing like you know <laughs> Right. Yeah. The voice, of, it's almost like the voice of that ego, the voice of fear. It, and it like, it, cause like people who don't create also have that problem. <laughs> you know, that, that voice is there even when they're not putting out art. And so I think when you, you take a piece of yourself and put it out to the world and then, you know, you get people who are talking about that they don't like it or why it sucked and, and different things like, or that they should change, you know, uh, A&R saying, well, you should change this and change that and do it this way. And it just like, it becomes so much less about yourself and so much more about everybody else. And so it's like, I completely agree with you. It, it, it destroys artists and it, and like the, the concept of, you know, um, mental health and having uh, positive habits to be able to fight that negativity off, I think is so extremely important. Um, And like how, do you feel like you've been able to maintain uh, that kind of uh, level of like keeping with the process and and the positivity and just creating and doing what you do? Oh man, I mean, dude, like, I mean, this has been a back and forth battle for me. Like, um, you know, the idea of expectation and the shit that people say on the internet and the influence of, you know, your team and the people you're working with in industry. Like, I mean man, that stuff, like, I mean, that, that shit almost ended my career. Like this stuff put me in a mass depression for like I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't get anything done. Like, I mean, you know, I think, after, yeah, I just got, uh, I got back up my own ass and my own ego got involved and I couldn't, um, 
like I just wasn't creating genuinely myself again. I think it was after that first like debut Stay Loose album that I put out on. I put that on Republic. It's like a major label that I don't even want to get into talking about that deal. That thing really like that whole that whole experience really like messed up my head a lot. Um, and I kind of just kind of got lost and was like super depressed and was like just not enjoying making music because I was so worried about the commercial commercial viability of what I was creating and like you know like why even create something if it can't be some pop song that's going to end up in some playlist and be on some radio like what's even the point because I'm in this major label deal and if it's not this or that they're not going to let me release music because there's fucking shelf and sit on it um and oddly enough that's when I started <laughs> I was making all these songs on the side and that's when I started the Lucy Daydream project as an escape from these expectations of this other thing <laughs> Interesting. So kind of like opening the new the new pathway for a different type of creativity without expectations is what kind of allowed you to pull yourself out of the hole. Yeah, I do this weird thing where it's like I can make something new and it's so freeing and then I will I will suffocate that thing and suck all the fun out of it and have to start another thing that's new just so that I can be excited again about it as an artist and it's like that's like been like my whole like artistic journeys like that way it's like it's like I, f I finally learned but it's taken a long time to learn to like you know you just gotta just, just when you feel like something's right just tell everybody shut up turn that stuff off ask your label to drop you if they don't like it I mean that's what I did with Republic I said let me out of this deal I'm done like I hate you guys I hate this deal like I hate everything about this and they let me out but it was like I mean this stuff was like killing me yeah, I mean that sounds like it sounds like there's just so much excess and unnecessary expectation that creates just like a, a overload of pressure. It's the death of creativity, man. It's literally expectations and commercial thinking, any of that stuff. Just, I mean, this it's not why I made music. It's not even like when I listen to artists that I know are trying to cater to some like type of scene or some commercial thing or whatever it's like oh, i hate those records i can't stand them and it's like and then i caught myself like like becoming this thing that i that i hated and it was like it was just eating me up inside and it was making me super jaded about just the music industry in general and creative process even which is something that you know the, the thing i was using to escape was becoming the prison all of a sudden and like i had to you know i had to get a tourniquet on it and i had to take I had to take my life back and take my independence back and take my freedom back, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm very happy you did, man. And I'm glad you were able to pull yourself out of it. And like, I think it's just almost like a process of rem like realizing you can remove those expectations and kind of like start from scratch again, right? With like a different mindset and the mindset that kind of initiated things of like, well, I'm just going to make stuff that I like and I'm going to put it out and see what happens. So what you got to do, you have to treat art. I mean, my friend came up with this after we were on this really hard, really hard LSD trip and we were coloring with crayons and stuff and we were just going nuts and we came up with this and this wasn't even that long ago. It was a couple of years ago. We were like, man, we've got to get back to making art like when you're a child and that's how it should be. Like when you're a kid and you're like a young kid and you're just coloring and it's just freeing and you're just, you're like just letting this coloring and the colors and the drawing just take you wherever it goes. And it's like, it's so innocent. There's no like intent outside of just 
creativity and enjoyment. And it's like, that is the, that's the headspace. That's the mindset that you need to have whenever you're creating anything is just like approaching it with just the innocence of a child and the intention to just, just making something. We're just having fun. We're just putting these colors together. And it's like, but that's reality. Like that's my best stuff. Like I make my best music in 20 minutes or it just doesn't happen because my mind is off. I turn my brain off and I'm just doing things. Usually I'm half ass in it. Like I'm not even paying that much attention. I'll be like, Whoa, this is sick. Same thing with drawing. I'm not a great drawer, but when I draw something that I'm half paying attention and I'll be like, this is great. You know, as opposed to when I'm like, you can hear one. I can hear when I'm trying, like, you know, I can see when I'm trying and I'm always like, I can see that I'm trying or I can hear that I'm trying. And I, I don't like that because I don't like the sound of trying. Yeah. 100%. It's like, uh, it's like, it's very like kind of like being in a flow state when you're in that, in that feeling and like you're, cause a child like doesn't really have a developed ego. And so the intention behind the child creating is just to have fun and be curious and see what flows out. There's no like subconscious, like, uh, want for attention and, and, uh, subconscious fear of like being judged on how they color and how they draw, you know? And I think that it's such a big, um, realization to see that like when creativity is at its peak, it's just kind of like flowing through you. And it's just, it's that muse and you're, you're really leading with your heart and then your mind comes in behind and cleans up and does any type of, you know, technical process that you need it to do. But I think people get so stuck in like creating from the ego, you know, rather than their heart. And they're trying to think their way through the creative process when really you have to feel your way through. Yeah. This isn't the egos. God, ego sucks. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. It's I mean, the thing that I learned was like, you know, and I still battle this every day is like when you're creating, like, don't, don't edit yourself. Just let the song and I'll just use the music as an example now, but, um, cause I create a lot of things, but just let the song, the song will almost guide itself. And if you really, if you're really detached from the ego of it, you can, you can hear where the song wants to go next. And if you just allow it to do that, it's almost like you're not even, you're not creating shit at that point. It's like, you're just channeling this thing that already exists in the universe. And it's like kind of coming through you. And that's that flow state that you're talking about. And those are, those are my best creative moments or when like, I just feel like it was effortless. I, I didn't think about it. I didn't edit myself. I didn't, it was almost like I didn't even do any work. It's like something like, it's like this muse entered my body, used my ears and mind and hands and eyes and did this thing and then, then exited. And I'm like left with this thing. I'm like, how the fuck did I make that? (laughs) (laughs) Really fully utilizing your body and mind as, as an instrument, like you said, and as a, as tuning into the, to receive that, that energy, that creative muse flowing through you. Yeah, man, I I really I really believe in that thing. I really do think that's a real thing. Where if you can be kind of half in it and just you know, like you just shut your brain off, like the editorial side of your brain off. That this this like it's almost like you are become possessed by this this external thing that can kind of just flow through you, and you can allow it to like make these you know great works of art that you you know wouldn't be able to if you were sitting around thinking about it too much and obviously there's a point where 
you've got to turn on your editing brain and, you know, like clean it up and stuff like you said, but, uh, you know, those are separate parts of the process for me, you know, and, and they should be for everyone. You shouldn't be trying to edit and clean up shit while you're trying to create, you know, something that's unique and doesn't exist in the world yet. Yeah, completely. And so like, it sounds like, you know, and I think I've seen you even say it on Instagram before, but your focus is just on the process then. And the outcome is kind of like, it's, it's fluid, it's evolving, it's ever changing kind of like as you're going through the process and you're willing to accept ahead of time that whatever comes from it is essentially like out of your control really. It is, you know what, you know what I was saying this the other day as well is that, um, the hardest, the hardest things about being an artist, one of the most unfortunate things about being an artist is you get the process. So you don't get the outcome. Like I'm never going to hear my song for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not, it's just not going to happen because every time I listen to a song of mine, I hate listening to my stuff after it's done. That's it. Like I'll enjoy it for maybe a couple days when it's finished. But after that, I never want to hear it again because I can hear the whole process in there. And I'm thinking about that, you know, it's like, I I wish I could like, I wish somebody, I wish I could like make something and then just like somebody perform a lobotomy on me so that I could enjoy it for the first time ever hearing it and know what that experience is truly like. Because as an artist, we only know the process that got us there. We don't know what it's like to experience the art we did for the first time. I mean, you'd have to be, you have to get so removed from it to even relatively get close to that. And, and I do sometimes I'll like makes, I, I, it's a, it's actually a practice of mine to where I'll make a song, not thinking about it, not editing it, not mixing it, none of that shit. Just like write a song front to back, or maybe it's just a, maybe it's just 16 or 32 bars or something of music. I'll put that away in a folder, I have folders labeled month, year. I'll put that in a folder and I'll leave it there and I won't open that thing for like five or six months. I won't even open that folder. And then when I run out of ideas, I go back to these old folders and I listen to these old whips and I'm like, I'm so detached from it. It doesn't even sound like I made it. And then I can make like objective decisions and be inspired by the sounds and it again. Yeah, definitely that fresh ear. And it's almost like, I feel like a lot of people try to control that feeling that someone else is going to get when they listen to their song, you know, whether it stems from them trying to recreate a feeling for someone that they first had when they listened to a track. And so they produce something that they want someone else to feel the same way. But when it comes down to it, that's also out of your control. You know, every, every feeling, every individual feeling that someone's going to get from listening to your music or your, or, um, you know, experiencing your art is completely subjective and it's, it's going to be interpreted, uh, completely different from one person to the next can't manufacture a feeling absolutely absolutely and i, I like, think it's like i like this i like this talk of feelings oh, oh hey man i think feelings need to be talked about more we're very stuck in in these minds and this logic but um i think that feelings i actually just read this book about uh, evolutionary biology and it's basically this scientist saying that feelings have been the driver for all of evolution and feelings back to, you know, 4.8 billion years ago when the first single celled organisms were 
existing, that feelings were actually the things that created, you know, in bacteria and created social dynamics and, uh, you know, uh, a drive to, to move forward and survive and flourish in the future. And that like, even, you know, uh, culture and science and medicine and technology is all created because of the way we felt about things. You know, we didn't think, to create these things, we felt first, and then we thought on how to create that in a, in a creative, intelligence way. You know, yeah, intuition, intuition to create something. You, you said when you after this, we send me a link to that book or the title or something. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll mention it here and and uh, include it in the show notes, and also send it to you. But it's it's called um, Life, Feelings, and the Making of Cultures: uh, The Strange Order of Things by Antonio Damasio. Um, it's super interesting. It was very hard to read. <laughs> it took me a long time. Um, but I, it was just, it's profound to understand that like our feelings do have a place, you know, and it's almost like they, they need that attention first so we can then figure out how to think. I agree. I mean, my, I live my whole life based on my intuition now. Um, because I, I almost got, I almost got killed by this tree. Uh, it was a few years ago. Whoa. Yeah, if it fell on me, it should have crushed my skull. I don't know why it didn't. Um, but I had a, I knew it was going to happen before it happened. And I was like getting on this swing that was tied to this massive tree branch. And I was like getting on. I was like, I shouldn't get on this. This thing's going to break. Whoa. <laughs> and I, there, there's no reason I should have felt that way. It was a seemingly a very strong tree, very strong swing on chains. I did it. And I was right. That thing fell on me and it should have killed me. But it didn't. So ever since that, I've like learned to start trusting my intuition and I'll have an intuition and every time I trust it I'm right and every time I don't later I'll look at it and be like god I I knew that that was going to happen or I thought that about this pat and I if I would have done that that would have been the outcome and I knew it but I didn't trust my intuition I thought too logically I was trying to think like with my brain too much like no that's not the right thing you know that doesn't make any logical sense but um instead of trusting those feelings and it, it's funny we're talking about feelings because uh i, ha I have a new stay lucy p done <laughs> and okay. it's, it's coming out soon and this is actually the subject of the whole entire thing and it's called just a feeling awesome awesome and, um, and what what would you say that it's a uh uh any different from your previous stay loose uh styles or, or sounds or is it uh is it still uh in in that uh, in the normal range of things I would say that it is more back to I, I I think it throws it back to maybe around 2015 where I would have gone. I think it goes. I think it, I think there was like a an area in like 2015 2016 where like I s split paths and I could have went this way or that way and I went this way as opposed to that way. I think that this thing explores that other path a little bit. Interesting. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited to hear it. Um, when do you, do you know when it's coming out or, uh, how it's going to be released? Well, so the, so the first single from it will be out next Friday and the first single is the title tracks, just a feeling. Oh, perfect. Perfect timing then. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And that's a, yeah. that's an independent release. Uh, no, I'm putting out the proximity. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. My last record I did is an independent release, that bad star album, uh, just solely because no label was seemingly interested in it at all because apparently it's quackery, but, um, <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like uh, it's weird. Like some, for the longest time, my label releases didn't do as well as my independent releases. And then 
that flipped at some point. I think as soon as like Spotify became more of a thing and SoundCloud became like less of a, a go-to for music, like, you know, SoundCloud used to be like my bread and butter, like that's where all my listeners were and everything. It's like, they're just not there anymore. They're just not on that platform. Like, you know, that, that platform has changed so much now that it's like, you don't have some label that's got some connects that can like, you know, help push a track out and like, you know, get it, get it, you know, playlisted and on YouTube channels and put some marketing dollars behind it and do whatever the thing is that they, that labels do. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot harder to get heard right now than like the golden age of SoundCloud, which I dearly miss and is where so many guys like, you know, myself came up through was like that, that sort of like 2013 to like 2016 it was like there was like a three-year period there maybe four if we're lucky that like soundcloud could really shine you could really get heard as an independent artist like yeah there was a lot of reach to get your music out there and people were like excited about that platform and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about that was like the edm.com golden days of you guys had like a billion channels on soundcloud yeah oh yeah i was just about to say that so i you know i owe like my my career to soundcloud almost you know it's like i learned how to be an a and r from digging through soundcloud from going down you know rabbit holes into different people's likes and accounts and finding this artist and then going to their likes and finding this other artist and and just being able to uh tap into the the variety and the the just such there was so many different types of, of music being made and so it was I, I completely owe everything to SoundCloud, you know, and it's it's hard to um, to see kind of like the current state of of where things are at. And so, like, how has it has it been difficult, would you say, to kind of adapt to the way things have evolved? You know, I think I think it has been for a lot of artists. And I think that's where a lot of like people have sort of given up or switched projects or obviously like vastly changed their sound to try to. uh you know cater to sort of this new this playlist culture which uh you know i don't hate on that stuff like you know playlists are amazing like you know you can get heard by a lot of people that normally wouldn't hear your stuff and it's just another avenue um but yeah you know i'm do i like how much it's changed not really i miss the soundcloud thing because it was such a the independent artist had so much so much more influence and so much more power to get their art out when uh soundcloud is the much influential more influential platform it's where i feel like we've lost a lot of that now and um you know everybody's looking for different stuff everybody's like up the ass of tiktok or whatever now trying to figure out how to like make a song that'll pop on tiktok in an eight second video but um yeah i i do miss the soundcloud days and i i i i i I learned in my life i'm always taking things for granted (laughs) when they're happening and you know and missing them when they're gone and that i feel like i really took the soundcloud era for granted and i used to be like you know when's the next thing gonna happen that's cooler than soundcloud it's like well it kind of really didn't (laughs) and now soundcloud's gone and i just wish i would have put out more music in that time when i could independently do it and you know have the reach that i could have at that moment yeah definitely i mean it's it's that cliche you know you don't know what you had until it's gone (laughs) it's it's so true It's that Cinderella song. Absolutely. Do you, um, you know, do you see any other 
uh, I don't know if platforms or just you see that coming back into play for people to where the independent artist has so much uh, control and power and is able to build their sure. communities without this excess and external help. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, uh, I think that when you're, we know it's hard to get attention as a, as, as an artist or some a creative that's trying to get some reach. And, um, I think that there's an important thing that a lot of people overlook. And, uh, I know for myself, I'd, I've overlooked this before and it was a bad idea. And now knowing what I know now, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't take that for granted again. It's like, you get a small window when when people discover your stuff and then eyes go on you and you're like the, the new shiny toy or whatever the hell it is there's a small window of opportunity there to like really make an impact really like get connected with your people and like kind of move them off of like you know say like you know everybody's following you on instagram or whatever TikTok, or whatever which we know or have algorithms and all that shit you know, those are the, that's, you know, when you have all those eyes and everybody's hyped on your project, that's the time to really like, I don't want to say fence off. It's like fence off your community, like get them, like get really connected with them, get them really involved and like really find out who, who they are and, and, and build on, build on that. And I feel like a lot of artists, I'll see them get like some hype and things going and I just see them just really miss out on the opportunity and the next thing they're just like kind of kind of just getting by on putting out their stuff and they wonder what happened and it's like yeah i mean this 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 culture moves so fast that you, you get your like you know you used to call it 15 minutes of fame it's like 15 seconds now yeah <laughs> you know you get 15 seconds and like you know if you didn't if you didn't make the right moves and and, and, and really establish yourself and like really say what you wanted to say at the right time then then you missed it and then you're just trying to like catch up or you're starting a new project. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Do you, um, what are some ways that you feel helps build a loyal community like that and helps, um, people feel kind of like that connection to you, uh, as a person, as a brand, um, to your music? Um, I think that really, I think that it's what I noticed the most is I remember I was on I did like my first try at like a headlining tour like a couple of years ago and I was actually surprised. I didn't think anybody would come or whatever. And I was surprised that people came out to it like quite a few. And I was like, um, and I noticed this thing that I hadn't really noticed before. I was like, all these people that bought tickets to, to just, to just come to see me. Cause I, you know, I hang out with people afterwards. Like I go out in the crowd and talk and do the thing. And you know, I don't just go back in the green room and jerk myself off. You know, I go hang out with people and connect and, uh, I realized like all these, all these people, all these kids, they're just like me and my friends, like they're exactly the same. And so I noticed, and I was like, you know, I really think that allowing yourself to be vulnerable and be yourself and, um, just really show what you're into and what makes you, you and what makes you unique and not be afraid to share that is going to, it's going to attract the right people that have a similar mindset you know, they're like-minded, they're into the same interest you are. And I think that's going to build a lot longer career than going the other route of trying to like, you know, cater to some type of scene or community that, you know, maybe you don't absolutely fit into. Yeah, completely. And, and it's like that, that 
vulnerable and authentic energy is what kind of like pulls people in and pulls people, you know, into your music and your brands and lets them resonate with you. But I think the the other side of that that coin, if that's what you want to call it, that people don't like, which is what you're talking about, you know, is the patience part. And I think that when it's when you're trying to build a loyal and authentic community like that off of being vulnerable with with your art, then it takes patience, right? It takes it takes faith that what you're putting into your music is being felt by the right people. And it takes patience to go through your process over and over and not think about the outcome and the results and put out music and focus on your creativity in order to kind of like attract those types of people. And the quote for me comes to mind, you know, build it and they will come. And it's like, there's no time line on that though. And it's kind of uh, like the, you're on the universe's timeline. And I think that people are just so impatient about reaching that point of fame and getting attention that they try to attach themselves to a, a community rather than building their own community through their art. Oh yeah. No, you're right. Like, I mean, building your own lane is going to be a lot more rewarding in all ways. I'm not just talking like financially and the amount of fans you get like it's gonna like feel better <laughs> just inside of your own body to do it that is to like then try to infiltrate some lane you know into a community and like you know that's basically like trying to fit in with the cool kids in in high school but um you're right like it is a it is a patience game and a lot of people they don't want patience and you know i see people like constantly restarting artist careers like they put out one or two songs and then they'll they're like they'll they'll can that project because it didn't go the right way and they'll reboot with a new name and they're they're trying to essentially win the lottery and be one of those few artists that like is like Billie Eilish and just put out my first song and everyone loved it and here we are like it's like you realize the chances of that happening or like literally like winning the lottery yeah exactly and it's not it's not up to the artist it's up to the universe and the timing of everything and clearly when that happens it's like that's when they're meant to shine, you know? And it's like, that's, that's, it's different for everybody, you know? And it's like one thing that, you know, I feel like I perceive from her music and her brand is authenticity though and vulnerability, you know? It's like she, she, she is a very unique person, has a very unique sound and doesn't really hinder from that sound. She just puts out what she wants to put out. And that's, shot her straight to the top of the industry you know yeah 100 percent. like you know you've got to trust your vision see it through and put it out and um you know hopefully hopefully people are into it too you know if you if you're, if you're just if you're trying to make art to cater to people it's always going to be shit yeah if you make, uh, make authentic art and it catches on with the masses it's a it's a freaking miracle but you know you got to take that chance Absolutely. And it's just like living life. Even if you're not creating art, if you're living your life based on other people's judgment and other people's expectations of what you should be doing, then you're not really living truthful to yourself. And you're not fully trusting your own vision and your own uh, your own drive and your own motivation and your own inspiration. And so it's just like, it's. I, I just think it's so, so important for people, like you said, you know, um, trust the vision, trust the process. I, another one of your Instagram posts, I think it says that exact thing, you know, only the artist knows what is best for the artist. And if you look at 
the biggest artists in the last 20 years, you know, um, and really ever going back all the way to uh, kind of like classic, even classic rock days and all of that, like the ones who stay on top and who create longevity do it through an authentic and vulnerable vision. And a lot of them, it takes a very long time to get up there, you know, but by the time they get up there, they have such a dedicated and loyal fan base and they're so true to themselves that there's no, you know, and I'm sure that there is some conflict, but there's less conflict because they trust themselves, they trust their process, they trust their vision, and they know exactly what they're here to do. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's unsustainable to, to, to go any other route. It's, it is. It's not sustainable on a long, on a long timeline. And yeah. Um, yeah, you've got, because at the end of the day, whether, whether that thing fails or succeeds, no one else has to live with that other than the artist the, or the you. Like the way you spent your time, like you choose to spend your time like this, you choose to spend your time like that. Like, do you want to spend your time being yourself? Or do you want to spend your time being fake and like trying to cater to something? Because, you know, I would rather fail at being myself than, than succeed at being, you know, someone else. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, do you think, obviously, I'm sure it's a, a variety of different uh, things and subconscious, uh, you know, motivators that push people to go down a path of not being true to themselves, especially in art. But like, do you uh, think that like, uh, that tends to happen commonly when people are focused on the, the monetary side? Yeah, hundred percent. There's no, there's no quicker death to creativity and being yourself than to sit around and worry about any type of like number, you know, monetary or play counts or views or whatever it is. Like if, if, if like, if, if that's the concern, then, then just get out. You're, then, you're doing, you're doing whatever you're doing for the wrong reason, because I, no matter what the, the human brain's wired to where like it always wants more enough is enough is never enough. Yeah. So, if, if your goal is, I want to get a million plays on this track, I mean, that's not going to be enough at some point and you're going to want more. And then if the next track doesn't have a million plays also, then guess what? You're depressed because, and then you are going to sit there and you're going to evaluate your art and analytics like a product instead of as like a piece of art. You're going to sit there and be like, well, that song, my songs are getting worse because they're not getting the stats that they used to get. When in reality, there's like so many other variables and factors that go into that to where like, that's so beyond our control as artists. You just focus on the art. You're going to be a lot happier. and You're just going to make better stuff. And the rest of that stuff is like, you're just worrying about shit that's out of your control anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, you know, I feel like we are kind of taught and coached from a very young age to compare ourselves to others, to compare and almost in like a, absolutely in like a comp, competitive type of way but we we base our own uh level on someone else's level and we base our own uh kind of worth on someone else's perceived worth and you know when it comes to art if someone makes this type of music and their career starts getting big and they create a fan base then someone automatically thinks that oh well i should do that like they did you know, and so it's I like I feel like the comparison to others, uh, again, you know, like you said, focusing on anything really outside of what feels good to you is always going to push you down that 
that road of inauthenticity. Oh, it's going well, to make you wildly depressed. There's no quicker way for me to like hate everything I'm doing and give up on what I'm creating if I, and I'll be excited about some new sound or something and I'll be like thinking like, oh, there's nothing else that sounds like this. And it's like, as soon as I start thinking that, then I'm, then I'm kind of looking for it and then I'll, I'll find it. You know, I'll find other artists I can compare that to and maybe doing it longer. Maybe I think they're better or whatever. And then, so then I'm start comparing to like, I'm doing something similar to like that, but they're better at it. And then that's just the, that's literally, that's the end of that creative process for me. When I start doing that, like just fuck it all. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's out the window. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's one thing, you know, to, to put your ears everywhere and soak things up and, and get inspired by things and, and, you know, then channel that through your own creative, uh, kind of center to put your own authentic spin on many different things that you've soaked up. But I think the, just the comparison of thinking that things have to be similar or they're done a certain way is, is where is kind of the downfall of some people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, the, they were, you know, great, great ideas aren't, aren't great ideas don't come out of nowhere. They're, they're, they're influenced, they're inspired, they're, they're stolen basically, you know, and not in the sense that they're directly stolen, but it's like, you know, like an artist's best songs are, you know, an artist's sound, let's go that route. An artist's sound, quote unquote, is just, it's like basically this huge, like cornucopia of like, all these different artists that they love. So they've taken a little bit of Frank Ocean and they've taken a little bit of Michael Jackson and they've taken a little bit of like some, you know, like synthwave artists, whatever it is, they've like put all this, just they borrowed these little pieces of those artists and they've put it all together in their own way, basically, because that's how art gets made. You know, art inspires other art, art influences other art. That's why I'm always so confused when people be like, well, this kind of sounds like this. It's like, crazy of course like this without art there's not art we don't just make this shit out of thin air yeah like it it has to like start from somewhere there's some kind of seed that gets planted and that's the beautiful thing about making art is like is you know if 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 artists couldn't if artists didn't have the opportunity to inspire other artists i promise you most of us wouldn't even be doing it oh yeah no doubt absolutely um so like what what would you say your relationship is with with self-doubt, with fear. That's a tricky. <laughs> it's tricky because you know everybody's every you know nobody's nobody's totally <clears throat> out there that's being fearless, and everybody has self-doubt at times. And uh, you know, I run into a lot of it with the creative process, especially when especially when things are wrapping up on the creative process. Like uh, we're getting we're we're closing in on finishing this body of work. Like this is shit. <laughs> no one's gonna like this there's a lot of self-doubt like, <laughs> and if, if, if you know if especially if you really did your own thing you can't compare it to stuff it, it gets scary because then it's like if you don't have something to lean it up against also you're kind of like eh, this could go a lot of ways right now and then a lot of self-doubt comes into that but uh so yeah do i deal with self-doubt a lot like yeah of course yeah and how do you how do you get through it do you just uh kind of take the action of of putting it out of of pushing through it and going well you know i'm i'm gonna do it anyways kind of like you said you did with like the doja cat remix yeah look i just do the best i can with it and um i i do know there's a thing of of you know i mean everything's released in beta nowadays like you know programs and you know hardware everything's released in beta and they, they correct it as the market sees that 
it's flawed or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, I I used to put things out in beta a lot more, like pieces of art, I guess you could call it. But uh, I'm a little more careful nowadays about just making sure it's something that, not like it, I don't want to say it's perfect, but something that I feel really comfortable with representing me and I could stand behind for 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 years to come instead of because there's some things there's a lot of things I put out in my creative life where later I took deleted them took them down or maybe they're still out and I'm like I really wish I didn't put that song out even ones that did well trust me I don't care about the stats I care about how I feel about the art that I put out definitely yeah um so you know like you you said you had this uh this accident with with the tree a few years ago or whenever that happened and like so like what what is then your relationship with not only physical pain but just pain from life in general and adversity and do you feel like um life challenges kind of help get healed through creativity and that creativity allows you to kind of like alchemize emotions and and thoughts into um uh you know a physical idea oh 100 percent. um i mean that's like i i don't make music for any other like real reason outside of organizing thoughts or dealing with feelings or things that have happened in my life trying to make sense of stuff like that's it's just a feeling like it, it is it's just it comes from a feeling of something um that's happened or i'm thinking or i'm dealing with so yeah Definitely. Awesome, man. Um, and so what do you feel like you've had to sacrifice to achieve this path and to achieve a, a, a full-time career out of being an artist? Uh, definitely a lot of time, you know, and that's why I say, that's why I think you got to enjoy what you do and you have to enjoy what you're making in the process because Unfortunately, this is going to take up all your time. And I don't, I think there's only two things in life that really hold value to me. And that is how I spend my time and the people I spend that time with. Those are the only things I care about. Everything else, I really don't give that much of a shit about. So if I'm spending my time doing something or giving someone my time, I really care about that person or I really enjoy doing that thing. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You gotta, you gotta reach a point where you've, know how to create those boundaries and almost like keep you know it's like these walls to keep out any anything that brings that energy down to a low frequency yeah anything that's killing that energy and also like if to, you know to, to go the creative path and try to build a creative career i mean you're kind of you're kind of asking for to have a life of like kind of self this thing of you're gonna walk a path of self-doubt and some suffering it's like you're just you're electing to, to, to do that with your life because, uh, the creative process and the path is like, it's, it's not always, it's not always glamorous. It's not always amazing. And, um, like for me, I'm so involved in creativity that my mood from day to day is just based solely off of how well the music, how good the music is that I think that I've made, even if it's just some like four bar piece of shit that I'm never going to put out. But as long as I made it that day and I love it, like, like that will change my whole entire mood is to where if I like have been sitting there bashing my head against stuff and like the, the muses aren't showing up and it's been like two weeks. Like I'm like, I mean, 
I'm ready to get the gun. Like it's, like, <laughs> I mean, but that's 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 just how I work, and that's like how I've always worked. And um, so yeah, like the you know the, my creative output affects my mood greatly, and uh, that's probably not that way for everybody. Um, but for me, it's like a big deal. So um, you know, if I you know, go back in time and like elect a different career path, like you know, might have been a better idea. But um, you know, I'm I also love what I do. I love where I'm at. Um, there's a lot of I have a lot of freedoms that I wouldn't be able to have other ways. You know, I'm, I've never been good at taking orders or working for other people or any of that stuff. So, um, you know, well, it sounds like you're in the right path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of good. I wouldn't, I mean, I really wouldn't change a thing, but, um, yeah, you know, to, to, to want to be a creative or anything, I think you are kind of like the, the sacrifice there is like, there is some, uh, you know, I always hate using that word mental health, but because I feel like it's so overused, but there are some, there are some mental health sacrifices that go, <laughs> go into this one for sure as, as with anything. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of them that go into this with, uh, personally. And, and I see that a lot. I pay a lot of attention to my, my artist friends and w- what they're saying, how they're feeling, what they're posting. And like, I mean, I see a lot of people get like, I mean, I see, a, un, unfortunately, I see a lot of just massive depression and self-doubt inside the music industry, and uh, it, it's it's freaking crazy. It's yeah, crazy. it's so unfortunate, you know. And it's like it's exactly what you were talking about is like, you know, having to to make people aware that a creative path and being an artist isn't that gla- isn't you know glamorous all the time, and it's not this this amazing like this amazing path where you're you're getting all this attention and everybody likes you and you're you're putting out art and you're making music and it's so fun and like there's like obviously yes those aspects come with it but like there's a whole other side of things that people and fans don't even really realize that artists go through you know and like something that you said um before we started recording about like artists reaching a point of success and just getting overrun with depression and anxiety and, and some even, you know, quitting and and stopping their career. And, you know, I mean, we were all uh, familiar with stories of, of famous musicians committing suicide and being addicted to, to drugs and alcohol and, and things like that. And so it's like, if you don't like establish or learn how to balance, you know, the health side of things with um, everything else that's going on, then you're almost kind of sticking yourself up on this, this platform to be just torn apart, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, if if you don't have a good support system in place, um, you're going, if you're moving into any type of position of fame, like she's going to get real dicey really quick because at that point, as soon as you're, as soon as you have anything going on, you know how people's minds work. They just want what they want off you. And, and most people are just, there's, there's nothing genuine behind it. It's just, they're just, they're just riding, riding the next wave of whoever's got something going and they can get a little bit of it. And that's, <clears throat> that's, that's that thing. So, you know, some artist gets famous and everybody just wants a piece and then, and the fame is fleeting, you know, they're, they're, the, they're there all over you one minute, you know, singing your praises and then they'll, they'll be on to the next person the next minute as soon as, you know, your, your ride's done. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why, you know, the support system's got to be there. And, um, you know, the fame thing is, a uh, it's a sketchy road. It's not really, a. 
you know, I don't, there's people want to, people want to get famous and they want to get money they want to do all this stuff. And they think it's going to like fill some hole inside yeah. of them. Reality is if, if that hole's not already filled going into that, you, you're going to hit a point where the, all that fame, and that money, it's not going to be enough anymore. And that hole's going to still be there and all that shit's going to fall into that hole and that thing's going to rise up and show its head again. And it's like, so you're like, you're like baseline happiness. If your baseline happiness isn't intact, then like there's no amount of anything that is, you're going to be able to do or money you're going to make or likes you're going to get on Instagram or any of that shit that's going to fix that in the long run. It's going to show itself again. And if it shows itself again at the wrong time, so like you know, someone famous, but they're massively unhappy and then the fame's kind of wore off and it's, you know, it, it's getting normal to them to be famous and then that depression rises and then it's like, that's when we get this thing where there's a lot of like drug abuse, and suicides and I mean, the, that's where that gets really, really hard to deal with. Yeah. In my <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we see it all the time and like someone who I always think about um, who recently went through this in a very public way was uh was getter uh, a couple years ago um i don't know yeah. if you yeah when he when he kind of changed up his his sound a little bit and like did a new thing with his live shows and stuff like that like his his fans you know i put fans in quotes because like you yeah, said passion. like they're they'll they'll turn on you not only when um you know your your ride is up but when they think your ride should be up and they'll try and dictate when your ride should be up and so like the fact that fans who who got into getter's music originally just showed up at his shows and and threw you know f food and and things and like it's 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 so heartbreaking to see that type of stuff and it just goes into exactly what we're talking about of this like needing to have that that kind of like baseline and that hole filled through through other things as well yeah because you know things what's given can easily be taken away real quick. And, um, especially now in this new, like, you know, we're in this new kind of generation of like this cancel culture and all this shit going on too. Whereas like people decide we want to cancel somebody and then they'll, they'll successfully do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> just through a couple things that are said on the internet or digging up something from the past or fabricating whatever it is like, um, you know, so, you know, people put a lot of weight on fame that I think is, uh, yeah, I think if you're getting involved in any type of process, especially a creative one, like uh, if, if if you're going into it with like any type of like, if, if you're fame geared or money geared, like just don't even get out of it. Don't even start because you're in for what's not going to be a pleasant ride. And if you're one of the few that is going to get famous to get money off of it, that's great. But if your motives aren't pure going in, like, there, there's going to be a point where this, this thing's going it, to, it's going to implode. Yeah. 100%. And like, so outside of your creative process, do you have like a, a daily routine or weekly routine of, of different habits that allow you to maintain that, that baseline of happiness and, and keep that, sure. you know, that hole filled? Sure. I mean, obviously right now, all that shit is kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm kind of inside with my vices a lot right now luckily um you know my my girlfriend's here she's from out of the country but uh she's been here for like six weeks so it, you know i think if i was alone right now i'd be pretty i'd be pretty um pretty miserable but um yeah I, you know i try to work out a lot um i spent i spend time with my friends spend time with my dogs in the park um 
I don't, I used to sit and grind on music like nonstop, like 14 hours a day. I realized that was making me wildly unhappy because all of my time was then spent on the creative process. So that really was tying my happiness and just how I felt about myself, like more than ever to just that, like if I got nothing else going on. So if things aren't going very good creatively, then you're really miserable. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I went to, I went, I went to Maui for a while, stayed with my friend Randy out there and I worked on music there, but, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time just not doing music. It was the first time in many, many, many years that I took like a lot of time off and kind of like worked on filling this, this void inside myself that was unhappy and getting that baseline, like we talked about, kind of back up to, you know, strong. And, um, like even right now, like I think I, I haven't really kind of loosely worked on music and I've, I've finished records and you know, that's a totally different process than the creative one. But I haven't like sat down and like created, really worked at creating music in like, it's been like a couple months probably. It's been great. <laughs> well, that's it. That's exactly the uh, response that I hoped for to that statement. <laughs> it's, been, it's been amazing. The, the time away from anything is just as important as the time you spend doing it. Like you've got to have the time away or else you you just burn out and um you know so i just spent some time recently like you know i went down to brazil and hung out and, and then we went to you know we we went to hawaii we were in hawaii when this whole like you know covid thing started um we were over there and it was like you know we were spending time over there hanging out and then it was like we had to leave because they were like we're shutting the island down like there's no flights in or out <laughs> like that's so crazy yeah so you're either you're, you're either be ready to be here for an indefinite amount of time or, or you got to go so like, you know, we came back, to, back to Denver to hole up in my apartment, you know, until hopefully this thing blows over in six days, six weeks, six years, we don't know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's sort of what I, uh, you know, I try to do other things a lot, um, that aren't just music. And I find through that, like I find by doing a bunch of other shit that I value the time that I create a lot more and I just create better stuff. I have better ideas when the time comes. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, we get so caught up in like the doing, you know, the doing the action, the, like we, you got to do, you got to achieve goals, you got to get this done, we got to do, 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 you know, but like, we, we have to be too. And so like, allowing yourself to not do, and to just be is actually when, like you said, you know, that time is just as valuable as the time that you are creating. And it, it, it might almost be more important and uh, because it's like that is what's feeding your creativity. It's feeding your brain. It's feeding the, the happiness and the emotions and that it's filling that, that void, you know? You're 100% right. I mean, for me, creativity for me comes in waves and it's like, you know, the waves will kind of, there'll be none. It'll be a dead ocean <laughs> for, you know, days, weeks, months. I don't know how long. And then all of a sudden the you know, tide starts coming in, the waves start rolling. And, you know, as the waves get, if you, if you've ever surfed, um, it's like the sets of waves, they come in and they kind of start small and they get bigger and bigger. And finally there's like the one you want to catch. And then that, then it rolls off and it's like kind of dead ocean for a minute again. And creativity for me kind of works like that. Like, I need that dead ocean in time to sort of like, you know, fuel the tank. And then I'll kind of start making music again. I'll be like, mm, it's kind of good. It's getting better. It's getting better. And then I hit the wave. And they say in creativity, like the ninth wave is like the, 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 
the largest. And I know now I recognize when that's happening. I know when that's happening because I'll just shit them out. <laughs> it's like every idea I'm excited about. It's every single day, if not four or five a day. Um, like we wrote the whole, this new Lucy Daydream record was almost the whole thing was written and done in like a month. Like we just were like, and I, I recognize that time now. and I really capitalize on, on that time. And that makes me okay now with the time that is not spent creating and spent doing other things and refilling the tank and getting stories and stuff to write about, you know, things to like be inspired by that isn't just, you know, cause if I'm just inspired by sitting in front of a computer, like, Oh shit. Yeah. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if I was just doing nothing, but I mean, I, you know, I, I write songs I'm, I'm not sitting around and nothing against guys that make like not sitting around making rhythm tracks all day for festival bangers and no offense to guys that are doing that. That's great. But that's just not, that's not how I enjoy creating art. Definitely. And you're in tune with yourself to know that that's not how you do it. You know, you're not forcing yourself to sit there and create, 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 do, do, do. And it's like, you're, 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 you're accepting your process almost. Yeah, I have to because, you know, I'm just doing, I'm creating and what makes me happy because to be honest, if, if I was doing this for money, I would probably, I probably would be sitting from my computer, computer making rhythm tracks all day, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I, I know what makes me happy and I know what it is I want to say and what I have to say. And, uh, I know what excites me as an artist. And, um, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm the one that's got to live with that stuff and that time spent and, you know, if I spent that time not being me and not enjoying it, then like, the hell am I doing? Just, you know, like <laughs> move on, do something else. Yep, definitely. Yeah. What, uh, what's your definition of success? Um, man, you know, I think it's different for a lot of people, but, uh, for me, it's definitely, it's just being happy with what you do, you know, like and, and being free, I think being free to like, you know, like, uh, I don't take anything, you know, I, I, I have a crazy story and I could talk about it forever and all the things I think were, are fair and not fair and all this crap. But at the end of the day, like I'm like every day I just wake up and I feel like just so grateful for where my life has ended up and that I'm able to just wake up and do what I want and on my own time frame and create the stuff I want to create. And, and to me that is successful, whether whether I'm rich or not or famous or not or, or, or touring big stadiums or not, like all that stuff to me is really a lot of gray area when it comes to success and, and stuff, because I, I lean success on like the quality of the relationships you have and the, are you happy at the end of the day kind of thing, as opposed to like how many, what's your numbers look like? Because yeah. <laughs> there's one thing I always say is like, I ain't never seen a U-Haul following a hearse. Like n nobody taking on this shit with them. <laughs> Damn. That's the only thing, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. The only thing going with you at the end of this is like, were you the, the time you spent and the people you spent it with? Were you good? Were you good to other people? Were you a good person? Were you a piece of shit? Like, <laughs> you know, like, did the time you spend was it was it was it good? Did you have a good time spent? And I almost like to think of it like if there was a God, and you know, like Christians think that He's you know at the end of it you go to the pearly gates and they look at the list and they go, here's all the bad things you did, here's all the good things you did, and you're either going through these gates or you're going to hell. I like to think of it more of if like you know, when you died and you went somewhere and it's like, I, I like to think of it more like it's looking at this list of like, how did you spend your time? Really? You, you didn't learn anything. You didn't spend your time being happy. You didn't spend your time being authentically yourself. You, you basically just squandered your time in, 
in, in misery trying to appease other people, like, I'm sorry, you got to go back and try again. Like you, you get to be reincarnated because you didn't learn shit this time around. And that's kind of how I see it. Right. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like a review of like, well, did you create hell on earth for yourself or did you create heaven? You know, and it's not, it's not like you're going to this place, you know, whatever people believe, obviously they can believe, but like, that's how I view it too. You know, it's like the, the creation of heaven and hell is up to us within our life, you know, and it's, 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 it's physically present in our life 24 seven and it's in our minds and in our bodies and how, you know, what, what dimension are you creating for yourself really? Yeah. It's like, did you, did you, did you, did you learn something here on this go around? Did you, did you better your life and others or did you, did you not? Absolutely, man. That's beautiful. Well, we're pretty much at the end. I got, I got one more question for you. Um, you know, I know you said you wouldn't change anything, um, and you don't regret anything, but what, well, what would you tell your younger self when you were first starting out on this path? Um, I would tell myself to, uh, slow down, enjoy the ride and be grateful. And, uh, I, I have a good, I have a good moment for this. I was on stage at electric forest and we were, I, I took a whole band with me for this one and my guitar player, he came over and we were right in the middle. I was right in the middle of performing something and we were jamming and there's all these people watching. He stops and he goes, Hey, just for a second, slow down and take a look around. It was like, yeah. Oh, that just gave me chills. <laughs> those moments are fleeting, man. So uh, li- live in the moments and recognize when there's a moment that you enjoy and really just be inside that thing and be up your phone's ass or worrying about other things. Like live in the moments. That's the one. I think that's it. Awesome. Well, what a profound way to end this conversation. <laughs> what, uh, you know, I know you you mentioned your your. Uh, next releases for Stay Loose, but what is what's next for Stay Loose, and what's next for Lucy Daydream? Oh, sure, yeah, I should probably do some PR for it. <laughs> Plug whatever you want. <laughs> uh, we got a Lucy album done. It'll be out um, sometime this year. We're still trying to get a release date from the label, but uh, I'm thinking by uh, late summer, early fall. Um, it's about 19 songs. Really love it. Um, got a Stay Loose EP coming out. Full thing will be out in June. About five tracks. Love it. Um, I have a synthwave project that I will start dropping uh, tomorrow. Oh, and, tomorrow! Uh, yeah, all oh, right. <laughs> I've worked on it for like a year. Put out the first track tomorrow. I have, a, I have an album of about thirteen or fourteen songs done. Um, and uh, then uh, I have the the rock band with Bryce. It's called Zombie Americana, and um, that comes out May fifteenth. I think we're putting out the first single. It's called Zombies. We got this like really great like nostalgic like beastie boys looking video for it um really hyped to get that out there awesome man. For a long time yeah hell yeah well i'm i'm extremely excited to hear and and see everything that is up next for you it's been you know like i said an absolute pleasure just seeing your journey so far and i i can't wait to see where you know where everything else takes you yeah man hey it was good talking to you again it's been a long time and uh thanks for having me on your your thing so i think this is the first like one of these i've really done so cool man well we'll definitely have you on some more so thanks again for stopping by yeah dude take care man be well